Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. President Biden is in the battleground state of Pennsylvania today, touting infrastructure money and attempting to raise funds for an embattled Senate candidate, John Fetterman. NTD's Iris Tao brings us more. For too long, we talked about building the best economy in the world and the best infrastructure in the world. Now, we didn't do it. We're finally getting to it. President Biden is in Pennsylvania today touting infrastructure investments. He's back in front of the Pittsburgh's bridge, which collapsed right before his visit in January. He uses the bridge as a symbol of what he calls his legislative achievements. Result, Pennsylvania has been able to repair Fern Hollow Bridge in less than a year. And by Christmas, God willing, we'll be walking. I'm coming back to walk over to sucker. Biden signed the $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill last November while touting it as a historic effort to tackle climate change. And that's exactly what some Republicans weren't happy about. They called it money for Democrats' Green New Deal. Biden today took aim at those Republicans who voted no. But a whole lot more voted against it. Now they're quietly and privately sending me letters. <laughs> Not a joke. My administration asked for money. But Biden's not just there to tout infrastructure money. He's joining a fundraiser event with Democratic Senate candidate John Fetterman, who's now facing scrutiny over his health after he had a stroke just months ago. While the White House said Fetterman was present, he did not speak alongside Biden on stage. Meanwhile, given Biden's low approval ratings, some Democrats in swing states have been reluctant to appear with him at public campaign events. Here's Biden getting questioned on that before leaving for Pennsylvania. John Fetterman's going to appear with you today yeah. in Pennsylvania, but there haven't been that many candidates campaigning with you. Why That's are more not true. There have been 15. Count. Get count. Okay. And Biden has increasingly sought to highlight his connections with the battleground state of Pennsylvania. Thursday's trip is his 14th to the state since taking office, and his 15th trip is already scheduled for next week. Reporting in Washington, D.C., Iris Tao, NTD News. Lawmakers are reacting to President Biden's latest announcement about tapping into the nation's strategic oil reserves. What's causing the high energy costs in the United States? And what lessons can we learn from the energy crisis over in Europe right now? Joining us to discuss is Congressman Gary Palmer of Alabama. Congressman Gary Palmer, thank you so much for joining us on the Capitol Report. Glad to be here. Congressman, President Biden in a speech yesterday said the high cost of oil that the United States is experiencing is because of other countries uh, sort of to justify tapping into the emergency oil reserves. Uh, here's what the president said. With my announcement today, we're going to continue to stabilize markets and decrease the prices at a time when the actions of other countries have caused such volatility. Congressman, what's your reaction? Well, the president is doing what he's gotten really good at, and that's blame shifting, refusing to take responsibility for the decisions that his administration's made in regard to our energy policy. And what people need to remember is that one of the first uh, actions that this administration took was to shut down the uh, XL Keystone pipeline. Had they not done that, uh, I believe we would right now be getting oil from Canada to the rate of about 835,000 uh, barrels per day, uh, but they made the decision to shut that down. They've also made it much more difficult for uh, the small oil companies to, to get the, the leases and the permitting that they need to do more oil production. The cost of energy 
that we're experiencing here in the United States rest fully on the decisions made by the Biden administration. Congressman, President Biden also recently asked the Saudis to cut oil production um, in a month, uh, you know, rather than right away. Um, what is he trying to achieve? He's trying to to uh, mitigate the damage in the midterm elections. Uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, uh, when uh, President Trump was on a phone call with uh, President Zelensky in Ukraine and asked that they do due diligence in terms of investigating actions by Hunter Biden, uh, he got impeached because it was clearly uh, political or, or it appeared to be political. This is clearly political. He, he's trying to get a foreign nation to uh, make decisions about their oil production to benefit uh, the elections uh, in less than three weeks. And by the way, this idea that we're going to punish the Saudis for uh, their decisions, it's their oil. We're sitting on enormous reserves of oil and natural gas in this country. And I pointed this out in numerous speeches that there's one reserve, uh, one formation out west called the Green River Formation that holds three trillion barrels of recoverable oil. That's three times what the entire world's used in the last hundred years. And that's not the only formation that we have available to us. That's incredible right there, that statistic. Uh, Congressman, how, if at all, is what we're uh, seeing in Europe with their energy crisis impacting the United States, or are there some lessons to be learned there? Absolutely. Uh, this idea that we're going to be 100% uh, renewable within the next 10 to 15 years is a pipe dream. And, uh, and I, uh, we, have, uh, we don't have the engineering capability or the technology to allow us to utilize what really is intermittent uh, power sources. When you have uh, reliance on turbines or you have reliance on, on solar, those are intermittent sources. They're not consistent power sources. We don't have the storage capacity. The uh, North America Electric Reliability Corporation put out a report last summer, the summer of 21 actually, identifying what is the top risk to our power grid. And it wasn't cyber attacks, as many people believed it would be. It was changing the resource mix. They put out another report um, this year, uh, warning about coming blackouts, not in California, but in the uh, Minnesota down to Louisiana, because they have shut down so many fossil fuel power generation facilities that the renewable generation cannot keep up with demand. So now we're talking about potential blackouts in the Midwest. Congressman Gary Palmer, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Thousands of suspected fentanyl pills were seized at LAX, Los Angeles International Airport, on Wednesday. Authorities say someone tried to go through the airport's security screening with an estimated 12,000 fentanyl pills disguised as bags of candy and snacks. That person fled, but the investigation is still ongoing. The DEA says fentanyl is the deadliest drug threat facing the United States. In 2021, a record number of Americans died from drug poisoning or overdose. China is the primary source of fentanyl trafficked into the United States. And border security and illegal immigration are some of the top issues heading into this year's midterm elections. How is the situation on the southern border right now? Joining us is Virginia Allen, senior news producer at The Daily Signal. Virginia Allen, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. 
Virginia, there is really something to be said for actually going down to the southern border and experiencing it for yourself. You've just made a visit. What were some of the key takeaways uh, from your trip? You know, I think the overarching message from my time that I spent on the border, what I learned is really right now for all intents and purposes, we don't have a southern border. I watched a scenario play out multiple times where illegal aliens cross, they wait for Border Patrol to come pick them up. Border Patrol comes, it's almost ho-hum. They come, they pick them up, they take them to a processing center, their name, their birth date, some basic information about who they are is taken down. We hope that they're telling the truth, that they're honest about their identity and who they are. Uh, and then they're given a bus ticket, a plane ticket, and they're transported to a city near you. So this is an issue that it's first touching the people that live on the border, those, those communities right along the border, uh, but it's really affecting all of America. And truly, like we've said, you know, every community across the United States is becoming a border town. And to your point, we're seeing the polling and it's showing many voters historically voting Democrat, specifically Hispanic voters in border states are against these open border policies and actually support GOP policies when it comes to the border. Uh, did you get that sense with anybody that you spoke to? You know, it's interesting. I spoke to Sheriff Sheriff Joe Frank Martinez of Valverde County. He's a Democrat, but he's been very outspoken on this issue. He says we need to secure the border and we need to do it now. This is not a bipartisan issue when you talk to folks that live on the border, that experience this day in and day out. Whether Democrat or Republican, they all say step one is securing the border. I spoke to a woman um, named Teresa Esther Chaparro, uh, and she lives about a mile from the border, and she described her house as looking like Fort Knox at night, just in order to feel safe in her own home. She's put up lights outside, a fence in her backyard. Uh, she's gotten a guard dog because she says she knows that there are illegal aliens running through her backyard at all hours on, on an often daily basis. She's seeing illegal migrants walk down her street looking for Border Patrol. This is just the reality that these folks deal with. And they are asking the Biden administration to take action and secure the border. But what we see over and over and over from the Biden administration is really a, just a turning away and ignoring the real crisis of what's happening. Now, we've seen right here in Washington, D.C., the local government has voted to allow illegal immigrants to uh, vote in local elections. Um, is this ultimately the end game, or at least should these be this type of a situation be cause for concern with the open border policy we're seeing? You know, I think everyone has an opinion on, you know, why, why is the Biden administration not doing anything? Why isn't he taking action? And, you know, really, at the end of the day, I, in many ways, it seems like it's apathy. Um, and the, the action that needs to be taken, step one, is that securing. You know, it's fascinating. When I was down at the border, you'll be driving and you'll see sections of border wall that are complete. And, you know, maybe you'll be about three miles of border wall that's finished. And then you get to an area where it just stops and it's open. And you realize, wow, this is so easy for drug cartels, for human smugglers, for those with, with a criminal record to just walk a little bit further and easily come across our border. Uh, and yet, Vice President Kamala Harris and President Joe Biden, they refuse to actually acknowledge that this is a crisis. Virginia, do you think that the uh, issue of illegal immigration is going to play any type of significant role in the upcoming elections? You know, I think it will, because this is an issue that is hitting 
truly all Americans, slowly but surely. It's starting to affect people that live uh, across the country. We've seen this in New York City, that they are being overwhelmed by the, the number, the sheer number of illegal aliens that are coming into their city and they're overwhelming schools. You know, when, when teachers can't teach because half of their class doesn't speak English, that creates a problem for everybody. So I, I do think that we will see the issue of illegal immigration play a role in the polls. Of course, we know that voters' number one issues are those of the economy, inflation. We're all feeling that no matter where you live, whether you're in a big city or a small town. Uh, but increasingly, illegal immigration is an issue that's affecting all of us and that it is of growing concern to all Americans because we see its broad reaching effects. Virginia Allen, really appreciate your perspective. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.